water feels so awesome. You guys should really go in. You better put on some sunscreen, Georgette Hamilton. Oh, that's okay. I never burn. Well, I do. In fact, I think I've had enough for today. I'm gonna go grocery shopping. You guys want anything? Oh, we should get some rum. We can make Long Island iced teas. Oh, yes. I love Long Island iced teas. Excellent! <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Miranda's podcast. <laughs> welcome back, guys. Um, so we are here. We have a special guest today. We haven't had a guest in a while, so we're so excited to have Monet with us. Welcome, Monet. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, so a little background. Monet is my cousin through marriage, if you will. And um, actually probably one of our first listeners. Like, I think you listened to the first episode, like, right when it came out. So you're one of our big fans. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm a fan of podcasts. And I'm also a fan of Sex and the City. Like, I will do yeah. a rewatch and any day. I mean, I do rewatch a lot. It's like my safe place. My happy place. Yeah. It's a comfort. And it's definitely a comfort show. Yes. And by the way, I don't know if you guys have mentioned this in the podcast yet, but the new remastered version is amazing. Mm. On HBO Max? Yes. It's, it's life changing. So it is life changing because first of all, like the outfits look so much more vivid. Everything. And, yeah. And Last night, like, I will say that m I was very emotional watching episode 17. Um, I'm going to have Sarah do a recap before we get into it. But I have to say that my heart started thumping. Like, I started getting anxiety for Carrie at one point. <laughs> I know. It's heartbreaking. So It's so heartbreaking. And relatable, right? Very, very relatable. We have a great episode to discuss, and it was a great episode to watch. So for everybody listening, this is season two, episode 17. It is the second to last episode of the season two. And this episode is prime summer. It is it's like August. People are hot and bothered and like wanting to escape the city. And the girls escape to the Hamptons. They get this deal on this house because of like bad juju with some couples that were whatever. And the girls rent this house in the Hamptons and it leads to all these different things. So and it also introduces really the theme of the episode of 20-something girls versus 30-something women. And throughout the episode, the girls explore this theme and their own relationship to being feeling young, feeling old, and what that means um, for in their relationships. Samantha's insane assistant Nina um, steals her Rolodex <laughs> and throws a, a hoe down in the Hamptons. Um uh, Charlotte gets crabs from dating a younger man and he believes that that's more <laughs> deceitful than her lying about her age saying that she's 27 and Miranda I don't think has a plot line again does she have a plot line I don't think she has a plot no, line this time but she, does. she has the best line of the episode <laughs> which we will go she over soon and then Carrie okay, I'm just gonna hop in and say what say the Miranda it. line is Ready? she's One, imitated two, two three Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I like whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 26. Whatever. She, Miranda served her amazing role of being cynical, sarcastic, and hilarious and a voice of reason. And, um, and then Carrie had probably the most, uh, the, the, the biggest, obviously plot line. And she runs into big at a party and he is with a 20 something year old girlfriend. And it was painful to watch that part of the episode. So that's it. Gut punch, gut, gut punch. punch. Um, Monet. Um, so, okay. So some of my best like memories of like when I first met you, Monet was us bonding over Laguna beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great show. <laughs> like, <laughs> love Laguna Beach. Love Laguna Beach. <laughs> and they all got like hair extensions at prom. Like, that's something I'll never forget. They were very tan and very blonde. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to be both of those things very badly. <laughs> that actually would be I still great do. Rewatch. That would I'm be adding great. That to my list. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, um, what is your gut reaction on. This episode, like anything, like as soon as you finished rewatching, just like boom. 
Well, I, it, I guess if we go in order, sequencing the episode, first of all, that weird Brady Bunch beginning. So weird. So random. But I guess it's just a way to, like, give the backstory. Yeah. Um, but it is a little random. Very, like, Hollywood um, Squares-esque. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, aside from that, the casting in this episode, everyone's perfect casting. Um Mm-hmm. From uh, Bradley Mego, the doctor. <laughs> Big dork. <laughs> Such a dork, but he's perfect. Like, we know that guy, too, right? We and do. We it's do. The best line. That is one of the best lines in the episode. Uh, bad, good on paper, bad in bed, or bad yeah. in life. Yeah. And that is so true, too, right? Yeah. Or, or does good on paper translate to being, like, good in bed? My, okay, so I... Full disclosure, I smoked a little bit before watching this episode, and so I totally agree that the remastering of the HBO Max has done of the Sex and the City series looks insanely amazing on TV, and also, like, made, like, everything so much more, like, emotional in this episode, but my note for that, like, that guy was, like, way too vivid for me, like, my... (laughs) My note is, quote, this guy is such a dweeb. No, my note is exactly that. I wrote big old dork. (laughs) Where did they come up with the name Bradley Mego? Like, I know. But do you know what, though? My reaction felt like middle or high school me. And I didn't like that because it brought out this very high school me, which is like dork, you know, like this kind of like you're like, here's a good guy who's interested in her. But there's something off putting about him. Like he's too good. He's too nice. And maybe the actor just did a great job playing that. He did. Or he did. Because like you're kind of repulsed by him, like physically and emotionally. Uh. At least I was. Yeah. Yeah. Bad plan B. (laughs) But we can relate, right? Yeah. And just as a background for people who are listening, Dr. Bradley Mego is this um, doctor that Carrie met during the week. So they went to the Hamptons for two weekends in a row. And during the week, Carrie, like, goes to some, like, cocktail party book signing thing for some athlete. And the doctor... Who is actually that she meets is the do- is the doctor of the athlete, and he's at the cocktail party, and um, he basically has a house, I think, in Bridgehampton or whatever, and asks Carrie to like hang out next time that she's out there. Which and she so begrudgingly says, Mr. Persistent. And I was like, just give yeah. her the fucking number or not. Like, don't do a show <laughs> Like, she did it so begrudgingly, but... <laughs> but she yes, really did. Yeah. Um, so, um, I just have some immediate notes, which is like, I love Samantha's hot pink pantsuit with the cross back and the bow on the way to the Hampton Chitney. Actually, they first, yes. Also, they all look great in this episode. All look great. They really do. Like they're at their height of looking, everyone looks perfect. Yes. Everyone has a flat stomach, a good body. And the fashion is pretty good. Yeah, it is. I like that hot pink it's like this style has come full circle, I feel. 100%. This was Reformation Summer 2021. Like, every look yes. that they were wearing is something you could go online and get at Reformation right yes. now. Like, linen, little straight cuts with, you know, skinny straps. And, like, everything they're wearing, you're absolutely right, Monet, are, is what people are wearing now. And I love when I see that in the show. Mm-hmm. Um but what plot line should we get into first? Because there's some good ones. We either I, have well, I, Samantha's crazy assistant, Charlotte's youthful line. I kind of want to get into Charlotte's because I, um, yeah, let's, let's get, get into, into let's yeah. do it. Like, Monet, do you want to take it away? Yes. Like, first of all, <laughs> the whole crabs. Well, <laughs> can we start with the crabs? Please, yes, please, please, please. Who has, have you Who's actually I, had crabs? Like the <laughs> what is that? That has always haunted me every time I watch this episode. It's like, I can know. you really see them? 
Like, I know. That is, okay, you guys don't even understand. My exact note is star, star, star. Do you know anyone who has gotten crabs? My note was the exact same thing. <laughs> I believe it's out there. It feels like an urban legend or an urban myth. Like, maybe this yes. was like, yes. like, you know, an old witch's tale, a wives' tale, which is like, don't have sex, you'll get the crabs. But I do think <laughs> pubic lice is a real thing. Again, I don't know anybody who's had it, but... The fact that somebody in the Hamptons Charlotte was sleeping with had crabs is so concerning. It's slash so pubic lice. <laughs> critters. He had crotch critters. And it's just like so horrifying. I do not know anybody who's ever had that. Ever. No, but it itches. Oh, my God. That is not a tick. What is it? Well, there go our shitty sheets. Oh, my God. So disgusting. Where's she going? To the drugstore? No, yeah. and I get that it was so it that felt really dated to me. But at the same time, like I don't like Carrie was saying, like, oh my god, she has crabs, like lol, as if it was something like we've all gotten, you know. Well, Carrie said I had a case in college. I was like, I would never, I would go to my grave before telling anybody <laughs> that I had crabs. But she admitted it on a first date, drinking wine. I, I mean, good for her for being able to say that but they acted a little too casual about the crabs i guess that's her karma for going for the line about her age and going for the 20 something guy i guess though right like okay so that leads me to my question guys which is um basically as we know the name of the episode is 20 something girls versus 30 something women which when i was typing out the name of the episode yesterday to prepare like I was like, oh, that's like an interesting title choice. It's like, tw- like at least I think that kind of dates the time, like viewing 20-something people as girls and 30-something people as women. Just that distinction I thought was interesting because I don't know if that like we would name something like that today. But something that really um, stood out for me is I don't – maybe this is just me. I'd love to hear your opinion, but – do you think now, do you think women need to lie about their age now? No. I don't think so. I wouldn't. In fact, if anything, I just round up. Yeah. yeah. To make myself look better in that way. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I, well, I, I think it's interesting because like, I, like my mom's mom, like, went to her grave with her age being eight years older than my mom's dad like he had no idea and so like it was definitely a thing where i think not that like women like older women were going out there trying to like find young men to lie to but i think that it was a social stigma and now i know like a number of people who who date younger yeah or a number of people who date older and I'm speaking mostly like in heteronormative terms, like women dating younger men, because that's actually more against the grain, if you will, than, you know, obviously, like, as we see with big dating younger women. But, um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know, just I, wondering. Well, I'm really, I've always heard, like, don't ask a woman their age, don't talk about the age. And it becomes like, I've never fully understood that. And maybe it is a generational thing. Maybe women were much more self-conscious. And like, I hear about, you know, I was 25 and not married. And like, I think there was more pressure on women to like meet certain milestones or be perceived as very youthful. And I think women feel that pressure now, obviously, but I, I could never see myself lying about my age. I've lied about my weight, like to my doctor, but like <laughs> to, my, not, to the DMV. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, sure. I know I'm lying about that, but like, I'm not lying about how old I am. They all know we're lying. <laughs> they all know. You knew. Um, so it was a little bit of an outdated plot line, I think. I don't know. What do you think, Monet? Um, I mean, I, I have friends that are on dating apps and do lie about their age. As you guys are talking, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I guess sometimes okay. women do lie about their age. Interesting. Um, it's like men lying about their height on dating apps. Right. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I don't know about yeah. that. For me, pers- I don't. 
Well, it's funny know. because it's like, I don't know, like, like, it's okay. So one of the questions we asked to like prepare was like, do you ever find yourself envious of women in their 20s? Mm. And I personally am only 32 or about to be 32. So I'm not that far away from my 20s. And so, but I also think I know myself now more than I did then. And I feel way more like secure with myself now, just knowing who I am, like knowing more of like my path and like things that I've achieved than then. And I think, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, I, I mean, I think the episode's interesting because, um, I, yeah, I don't really envy women in their twenties. I feel like that was a huge learn, steep, steep learning curve for me personally. And um, I just would like to hear, like, what do you guys think? I, I agree. I had no idea what I wanted in my 20s. I think I had a outline that was, you know, must. Yes, I think um, in your 20s, you, you kind of go with what's expected of you versus. Mm-hmm what you really want. I think when I turned 40, that's when I was like, okay, this is who I am. I want to be my true authentic self. Mm -hmm. There's life is too short to compromise. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for me that came at 40. Um, yeah, but I would love to be 20 again. (laughs) I would love it. I'm not going to careless, carefree, (laughs) And skinny. <laughs> not having to work out. I I was thinking about as much. Yeah. I was thinking about this question a lot and when I wrote it I had kind of my I get I I think I wrote it because I'm really intrigued by how I view myself in the past because I tend to glamorize as most people do. We soften and we kind of put on amber glow of what my Mm. 20s looked like or we kind of demonize it like it was crazy or this, whatever. Yeah. Um, Because I know that I struggled with a lot of anxiety, which I still do, but different types of anxieties and insecurities and not being sure of myself. So I feel like what you said, Gil, that I, I feel more secure in who I am and what I want but the part of me that wants to go back to my 20s is to like really tell myself to wear sunscreen when I was like 20 or 19 <laughs> like it, it's superficial things that like health and skincare um you know I just got Botox the first time like two hours ago and I could just tell in that doctor's face like he's like oh god you know? like there is a level I wish I could just go back and maybe wear sunscreen a little bit more so I have little regrets like that, which are so superficial and not Did meaning, you not do meaningful. that on purpose because you knew you were recording this episode? <laughs> Absolutely not. But um, All for the fans. But there was a part of me when he held up that mirror today and he like was showing me and he was like making me do these like crazy faces. And I felt bad about myself. I was like, I bet some like I look at some of the young girls with their skin and I envy that. And I've been finding mm. myself a little bit envious of of like really youthful looking skin. Not that I'm like, like sagging, like I have nice skin, but (laughs) I, when I see younger women in their like beautiful skin, I do feel that tinge of like regret and envy. That's the part that's tough. And what's that famous quote? Like, um, uh, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. And I didn't oh, know I had nice yeah. skin then. I didn't Me know. Me either. Yeah. I didn't know I could wear a crop top. I yeah. certainly could. Like That's true. I, I actually she, resonate like, with that. <laughs> I remember looking at it. There was times in which I remember seeing a picture of myself and the awful thoughts that would I would berate myself in my head. Like, I look fat. I look ugly. And then I look back now and I'm like, oh, my God, like you looked pretty. You were skinny. <laughs> and I'm sure 10 years from now, I'll be doing the same thing to myself now. Absolutely. So my 30s yes. have, I think, as they're just beginning, I'm really hoping to kind of rid myself of some like bad habits that I like really indulged in my 20s with insecurities with my looks. I mean, I don't know. I just started Botox. So maybe that's that's not a good train to get on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I don't know. I feel personally like I don't know, just watching the show, like this episode in particular, like as we said, like as we started this like recording tonight, like they all look amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also like, I don't know. I think it's important to like, 
channel confidence and channel you know just joy and like yeah. being with your friends and um i think that their confidence like really like i don't know i yeah. think it's really important to be confident and you know it, i love i love this episode <clears throat> particularly because right now it is summer and i i kind of like the idea that you know we're kind of on track with the season because like they're out in the hamptons right now like we're peak summer when people are like leaving the city and going elsewhere going to the beach um and the jitney hasn't changed i mean no (laughs) it's exactly the same hey where have you been i was worried you were gonna miss the jitney the hamptons jitney is just like the bus to summer camp only instead of singing songs, everyone ignores each other and talks on their cell phones. It is <laughs> a clusterfuck, but of people waiting in line, but like with a mask, I guess now. <laughs> yeah. Samantha didn't seem like somebody that would take the jitney. I don't know. That didn't seem on brand, but maybe she was just going with the group. Well, people don't have a car. I mean, I guess. Um, yeah, none of them have a car. That is true. My OK, speaking of Samantha, my Samantha Zinger for this <laughs> episode. <laughs> I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. <laughs> Where I actually burst out laughing was they show them they're on the beach. Yep. Meanwhile, Mir- Miranda, they obviously put in the most like dowdy, like frumpy, like hat and like beach outfit. And I actually loved Carrie's board shorts with me her, like, too. I've God. always loved those shorts. Yeah. It's so always. cute. And, and only she could pull them off and look like sexy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I want and, those board shorts. <laughs> and but I did like one of Samantha's bathing suits. It was like this cream colored bathing suits under this like sheer like fringe like thingy. But um my my Samantha Zinger is when the girls are lo- or the women cuz they're I guess 30 somethings are looking over and um there's like a row of girls like sardines tanning and a, like rotisserie chicken as Carrie says and my Samantha Zinger is when she goes excuse me but when did tanning come back in style hand me the 45 <laughs> <laughs> I love that too and then and then it follows up with um, like her like making fun of Charlotte for like you know you know, just bouncing around on the beach with this younger guy and like pretending she's an age that she's not. And Samantha goes, she actually put on oil. <laughs> I know that was that was a great scene talking about sun, sun protection, because like I am constantly under an umbrella now with like a hat and glasses. And I'm like that person at the beach. And when I look at young people just like laying out, I like, what are you doing? Um, so that, I, I really liked that scene with them on the beach, on the umbrella. It was very cute. Yeah, I, I loved the the oil thing because, like, I yeah. recently went to Hawaii with some friends. And, like, I think someone on the beach had oil. And I was like, what the fuck are you thinking? I know. <laughs> like, Dakota had oil. He brought it to the beach. My fiance is, um, like, he, because he can get tan. And so he brought the oil. Yeah. But I was with Heather and Jason and me, like, we don't get tan. Like, no one in that group <laughs> gonna get tan so i don't know it was just it's yeah but well should we move on to um another plot line perhaps i I think i really want to go for the good on paper (laughs) plot line because carrie i would love that carrie has two plot lines in this episode well she actually she has three because she has her weird ass virgin stalker the one who like yes it's like yeah whatever and then the good on paper guy so Good on paper, guys. And this is one of the questions we had for you, Monet. Yeah, I would. The the question is, um, are there really good on paper guys? If yes, what qualities are considered good on paper? I absolutely there are good on paper guys. Um, Let's just generalize like. Go for it. We generalize here. That's what we do. Work, you know, work in finance. Uh, or are a doctor. Belong to a club. Um, vacation house. Like, how about this? Nice? Nice? Boring? So, well, that's a thing. Okay, so here's the thing. Boring, boring. Okay, now now we're talking. Now we're talking here. <laughs> now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. on paper. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I recently saw this TikTok that I will never forget. And it's um, 
I don't know if anyone's on TikTok over here, but I and like I wish I wasn't, but I'm on it every day. There's um three three different guys. Like they don't know each other because they're all from their own worlds, wherever they are, and they all are what is called stitching, which is like when you like all like like comment on one video and it's three of them. And it's this video of this girl being like, where can I find a good guy? Like, you know, like guys, I would love to hear any feedback on where I can look. And all the guys are saying friend zone, friend zone, friend zone. And she keeps talking like, you know, and someone like this and that. And they're like, friend zone, friend zone. He's in the friend zone. He's in the friend zone. So I was wondering about like what you guys think about that and like why do we maybe friend zone guys who are you know good on paper because this guy at least this dweeb whatever bradley migo (laughs) he was definitely someone i would friend zone you know i mean i think i mm -hmm. think and why do we friend zone i think that for me i think a really important part of any relationship has got to be the chemistry, mm-hmm. the good sex. Mm-hmm. But I will say this with being older now, um, mm-hmm. you do have to bring more to the table, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think the chemistry, good sex isn't really enough when you get older. Mm-hmm. I think you do need to bring more to the relationship, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, a hundred percent. I I think in Gilly to like thinking of your question about the friend zone. And I, I do that word. I feel like I don't even want that to apply to like, well, I mean, I've been in a relationship for a while now, so it's hard for me to like get into that mind space. But I remember the really good guys, particularly in high school and college who expressed interest and just based on their (laughs) interest in me, and qualities that I deemed boring, I was not able to feel sexually interested or attracted because I needed I know. somebody <laughs> who was like a little bit way out of my league emotionally and that they were not interested in me. And like that would pull me in. And so a good on paper. Sarah, yeah. I'm like already hearing your mother telling us to go to the oh, library. My God, my mom. She's like, go to the library. No, she's not wrong. Yeah, and like I was like, but I'm not going at eight on the Saturday. So I, for a long time, like, and we talked about this, like when I watched TV shows, like I always liked the guy that was not like the the right guy for you. Like I liked the like Mm -hmm. the person who wasn't right for me, the the bad boy, right? And I think good on paper guys are like the antithesis of the bad boy that you're attracted to. And I think, but I also think there are some guys who like this doctor who is kind of resting on the fact that he is a good guy and he's just yes like he's i can't he's so complacent with being like okay i don't know like regular guy you know what i mean i know and then but i wonder if after a certain point and monet maybe this is what you were saying because you're saying yeah sex chemistry that's great but you also need something else maybe qualities like stability reliability um interest kindness like those are wonderful qualities and I'm looking, I'm like, and I have a partner who has that, but I know in my early twenties, I certainly did not want that. It speaks to Carrie that she can't be interested in somebody like that. Cause Carrie does want emotionally unavailable. So Carrie does have a lot of qualities that I had in my early twenties, you know, like, I think now if I met that guy, mm -hmm. he might be okay. I don't know. Well, speaking of which, um, so Monet, you are a Carrie. Would you like to, we'd like to, we're wondering I, why do you identify uh, with that character the most? I am a Carrie. Um, <laughs> I will admit that shopping is my cardio. But I also, I don't know. I mean, I think Carrie is very relatable. Mm-hmm. She's insecure. She's very insecure. Mm-hmm. But I think we all are a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that's what makes her relatable. I don't yeah. know. I, but I have to say, in Carrie's defense, as a Carrie, this episode, I think she handled herself very well. Yes. Me too. She Me? she also she was very sweet to the mentor, the 20-something yeah. mentor. I thought she handled her yeah. so well. Um, she was so nice and patient. Yeah. 
I think that's a, actually a really interesting thing to point out because when I was watching, okay, so just to backtrack, like, again, like I, like I've, I say this a lot on the podcast, like I've, when I've watched Sex in the City in the past, it's all like literally like shuffle. It's just any episode I find piecemeal, like whatever. And so like, this is the first time ever because we're doing this podcast that I'm watching things like sequentially. Right. And it really last night, like it rocked my boat watching this episode. And maybe that sounds ridiculous, but Mm -hmm. I, my heart started thumping when you see Carrie, she's in her little outfit with her tube top, crop top in her cowboy hat. And here she is. And she's just kind of looking around for her friends. And then her head dead stops at big and Natasha. Yeah. Is it you? Hey, what are you, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? What are you doing here? <clears throat> I just got back this week from Paris. Oh, Carrie, this is Natasha. Hi, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've heard so much about you. Oh, really? Natasha's parents have a house here in East Hampton. We just came up for the weekend. Excuse me. It's nice to meet you, Carrie. And with the HD on my TV and the remastered version. Okay, first of all, Sarah Jessica Parker does such an amazing job capturing that. Amazing. Capturing that vulnerability where as we're watching, like, like we're looking at Carrie and like she doesn't even know how to like start where to begin you you know and I think Sarah Jessica Parker does such a good job at like really like in in that performance of of depicting that moment where you're like I'm at a loss for words like how do I initiate conversation right now and um it was yeah I agree I think that like you know, with all the episodes so far, like, and how we've talked about Big, like, I think I would have fucking, like, yelled at him, honestly. <laughs> and she just, like, I think she was in shock. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think she was in total shock. I love what she says. Um, it's so heartbreaking and so real. And I think you just, you're there with her. And she looks at him and she's like, is it you? Like, oh, my God, is it you? Yeah. And it is. And then with the younger girl. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I know. And I this I this is one of my kind of iconic Sex in the City scenes because it depicts a real moment in which you see somebody just in a lot of pain and a lot of pain because they see the person that they just haven't gotten over. They're absolutely still in love with and they see them happy with somebody else. And you're not wearing the right thing. You feel silly. You're in the tube top and the cowboy hat. You compare to the refined, polished, you know, <laughs> Natasha who in all white, who has the house Ralph in Lauren, the, right. And has at the, her parents house in, in the Hamptons. Hamptons and you feel so small and little and like unlovable. And Carrie, Sarah Sparker did an amazing job in this scene, and particularly when her voice is starting to break at the end, where she's like, I'll see you back in the city or the Hamptons. And you just know what she was feeling, which was like just trying to keep composure, trying to keep it cool. And if anyone's run into an ex in which there's been like, like how you've ended, things haven't been great. It's, um, I think they did a fantastic job of portraying that interaction they did and it's funny that yeah the is it you line is is interesting because the last one before he goes off to paris the last carry line that really like is seared into my mind is when she said you told me you loved me and so then it's just this like transition to is it you and there's something that's ah god it's 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 yeah yeah he is like this apparition and um I, my note that I wrote, like, honestly, like, watching this episode in, like, now that I'm, like, in my 30s and, like, I've had these experiences myself where I've either been ghosted or you see someone with somebody else and you're kind of, like, Ugh. really confused as to, like, okay, like, what just happened here? like And why not me? And why her? And I can't understand, like, mm-hmm. how is yes. she better than me? And it's and, so well, confusing. And, and you... 
and you go into those bad qualities of yourself, well, it must be this. It must be this reason, right? And my note that I have is, quote, like, I could never be with a man who made me feel like that in this episode. I could never take him back. There's just, that's where I stand. What do you guys think? As we know what happens, but what do you guys that's think? That's a really interesting point or question. I want to say I agree with you, but I think it's it's really hard. I think if you really do love somebody, because I know a ton of people who like when we were on with Melissa from Tipsy Scoop and like her now husband broke up with her. Right. And she took him back. And I think there are like moments in which you are depressed and you just feel awful from a relationship of a breakup and you get back together. So I don't know. I can't say never. What I agree. You, what about you, Monet? I agree. I mean, he is the biggest jerk and I am <laughs> very against men going for the younger girl. I just am. I, I don't know. I mean, I know. I, I know. It's to me, I think there's something so romantic about aging. I'm not upset about aging Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm at a point now where I'm embracing it. I am Mm -hmm. older and wiser. And I think Mm -hmm. there is something so beautiful about growing old with someone, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. when you knew them when when you were young. Mm -hmm. And then to have that person say, "Mm, I really need a 25-year-old is just so confusing. (sighs) Right? Yeah. It's like, why? Like, I'm sorry. I'm just... A little stunned here and confused. Who is she? Well, I, you know, I meant to call you. She's a girl. She's this girl that I met in Paris. She works for Ralph Lauren in Europe. So how old is she anyway? I don't know. 26, 27. Something like that. Well, especially in their situation, because like, okay, so I personally don't, I guess with age, like I don't really see a difference between Natasha and Carrie. Like they're both very like youthful people. So it's not like a much of a jump in my brain, at least. No, it is. It's a 10 year jump. And I, but it's a 10. Yeah. And keep in mind, if you want to have babies or right. Right, I mean, there's a reality right. to this situation. And right. obviously now, thank goodness, like 30 right. is the new 20 and 40 yeah. is the new 30, I think. Right. But, I agree. But um, <laughs> That's how I'm living, at least. I don't know. 10 years <laughs> is 10 years. There's, I, I think back to developmentally, when I look at people who are 24, 25, 26, I feel, I don't feel superior to them, but I feel like, you know what, like you have not been around the block. And I'm sure there are 45 50, <laughs> women, 50 old women who look at me and are like, you are a fetus. So I think <laughs> age and relationship to women of different ages is obviously relative to like where you are and your experiences. I, it would be very difficult to see the older, because because Big was also older than Carrie. So Carrie yes. was the younger woman to him in a lot of ways. Yes. And it's so like, what is he doing? So for Which him, is why it's creepy, yeah, For kind him of. to go even. Also, younger yeah but also spoiler alert it doesn't work right so <laughs> well that's the thing okay so that's the thing like i okay so okay the thing that i find interesting is that like carrie okay i guess there's like the whole game and playing hard to get and big is probably has the mo of wanting what you can't have we all fucking know that right and there are many people and men like that but I find it interesting that, like, he, like, Carrie, not that I would say that she's, like, the most emotionally stable person, but she put herself out there and was like, here I am, like, let's go. And he was not in a place where he could do that and commit. And so it's so bizarre to me, in a way, that he chose someone much more infantile with, like, less experience to commit to oh and i think there's like a level of escapism there like don't you think i think it makes complete sense because here's a woman who's not going to put any demands on him like i think she's young and isn't going to demand from him or pressure him or question him and so she's either going to go with the flow and he gets to run the show and be like cruise director 
or mm. or he's going to be so enticed by her maybe disinterest in commitment. I don't know. I, I, it makes sense to me that he's with somebody who's like very young, not very young because like she young. C- because she doesn't want to like have kids and like doesn't want to get married yet or like who knows. I, I don't know. It but. may just be the age. I mean, look at what, look at the news yesterday. Andrew Como, like, Oh my God. I what know. do you say oh to one God. of the, like 25 is too old for me. Like it may yeah. just really be the numbers thing, but yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember how we actually, I talked about this with a, I was out to dinner the other night and it's a fascinating study about when men find women the most sexually attractive. Oh yeah. You've told me that. Right. We've talked about it. It's like 18 to 22, which is young, right? And 18 to 22 is also like peak fertility. That's when like what I hate saying this, but like the eggs are good. They're fresh. And like men, and I forget what it is for women being attracted to men, but it's like late thirties. And yes. you look at financial stability, um, you know, social security in the sense of like uh, having a facial man, hair, facial hair, right? <laughs> like attra- qualities. And it seems so unfair that women are at their most sexually desirable to men. And yes, we're talking heteronormatively at such a young age. And it, this comes down to, I, maybe it's because of the, pers- the, the the Botox I got today. Like how unfair <laughs> it is for women to not be able to, to age or to be, and there's so much pressure on women to be, to look young, to be sexually desirable. And I think it comes down to like sexual desirability and seeing the young, fresh woman with big, probably just ate at Carrie a little bit and just dug into all those insecurities that women are, are like, they're thrust upon them. But at, at, at the end of the day, there is compat. There's, you know, compat. Oh my God. What's the word? Compatibility. Compatibility. Thank you. What's that? Chris rock joke. Um, you better like the same food because when the fucking's over, all you do is eat. (laughs) (laughs) There's a joke like that. Yeah. I don't think it's exactly that. I think that's good though. (laughs) (laughs) That says it all, to be honest. So you do want to align yourself with someone who has your, at the end of the day, that has your values and likes the same movies, likes the same food. I mean, it can be that simple. And, um, yeah, I think it's, I think, yeah, no, I understand this is coming from a study. I also want to challenge the study and say like one, like, I think, I think that it's like overrated, like this kind of obsession with youth. I really do. And then I also think that like, I don't know, like, I I mean, I don't know, not to go into it, but I would love to see the data on that. Like, are we talking about people who are watching porn? Like, who is the collection of these men? Is this like international? Are these people who are partnered or not partnered like I have I don't none know. of that information I, <laughs> I just have a half-assed anecdote that I like to trickle into conversations to like get things spicier no but, yeah um, yeah totally but to Monet's point like I think that like you know Carrie and Big I think there is there is a dynamic there I mean I as a Miranda don't fully understand it but there is a dynamic there that goes more than what I think you know, Natasha is a bit of a quick fix. Again, like, I don't want, I'm not, like, female bashing here, and I would love to see a Natasha spinoff and, like, her perspective through this whole thing. But I think that, in general, I think, I think Big that big is, I think Big is kind of, like, a man-child who, um, you know, all, like, things that are smoke and mirrors can, like, really manipulate him, and I think that, um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Natasha I seemed think, like a catch, though. Like, she did seem like a catch. And I know she did seem like, like a she's catch. She's tall and has a good job in Europe and is beautiful and, like, seems sweet and nice. And, like, because yeah. the chemistry wasn't there. Carrie and Big yeah. have chemistry. Yeah. They have the true yeah. chemistry. That's why I, I, I really hope she doesn't end up with Aiden in this reboot because <laughs> I believe in Carrie and Big. I do. Yeah. Um, so do, do you like Aiden at all? No. <laughs> I try. To- I try. That's so I was interesting. A, I was a big, big, big and Carrie person too because. Oh my God. I, I was such an Aiden fan. Oh my God. 
Uh, wait, tell. Wait, I want to. What? Okay, as a carry, like, tell us more about that. Your your kind of. I mean, I just don't think her and Aiden had anything in common. She didn't like the outdoors. He had the little cabin. Yeah, that's true. uh, The cabin was charming. I love nature. Yeah, I get it. But like, she didn't want didn't want that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He may yeah. have been good for any... He was a good man. He was good on paper, probably good in bed for somebody else. But that chemistry, that thing, whatever, just wasn't there for them. And for whatever no. reason, whether it's fucked up or not, Carrie and Big have that. And um, I don't know. So I... This episode is a really great episode because it's a pivotal pivotal plot point in the series in which this event, meeting Big yes. and Natasha, has an impact yes. on the rest of the series. So yes. I think it's it's a it's a necessary episode and it's one of yes. my my all-time favorites. Yes. It's a climax. Well, I, it's a climax. <laughs> I actually have a question for you guys because tell me. I like froze in time and I rewound this line that Natasha had, which is, you know, Carrie goes, is that you? And big, you know, does a quick introduction, like Carrie, Natasha, Natasha, Carrie. And Natasha, without missing a fucking beat, goes, I've heard so much about you. What the fuck was that? I know. Like, she's, writers she's did perfect. a good job. She's not jealous. She's nice. She's outgoing. She can... Yeah, I mean, she handled it well. Yeah. Well, question, has she heard anything about Carrie? Ooh. Probably not. It may just be... A pleasantry? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe per- is that... Just, her? Yeah. Autopilot, I mean, like muscle memory regurgitated type of sentence? Like when you go to the country club and everyone's like, hey, nice to see you. And it's like, I've, but I've never met you. So, right. Okay, so there's right. two schools of thought here. The, That's the politeness. One, or- the one thing... One thought is that he has not said anything about Carrie and she's saying <laughs> saying it to show power and be polite, which would be on yes. brand for Big, which is maybe even more concerning for Carrie is this second line of thought, which is that Big was vulnerable enough with Natasha to tell about Carrie. And that's Ooh. and that means that he let down a guard enough to say and talk about his relationship with her. So that doesn't seem as likely. So I don't know. It's between those two things. What either do you way, think so? Yeah. Either way, she's not jealous. She's that secure with herself. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and the, Where she the can the even walk hat. away from them. Oh, the and cowboy she, hat. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And so then as soon as that kind of scene goes down and, like, yeah, like, as you're saying, Monet, like, uh, Natasha was just carrying on. And you can see Carrie trying to, like, throw in. She's not throwing daggers, so to speak. She's just trying to, like communicate she's trying to like reach out to him and be like uh, like can we this talk is weird. like let's talk yeah this is fucking like i'm trying to like how do i do this in the most like kind of like pc calm way which is like alert alert 911 like what the fuck and um you know that's immediately it it, it it just kind of like doesn't really work natasha's so like poised that she's able to kind of like it just wraps up and carrie goes and like walks off and like she pukes in the sand and that, oh gosh, that feeling like, I don't know, that feeling really stuck with me. But then I also started getting like a little like misty eyed because you see Marina, Marina, (laughs) you see Miranda like running after her. Like clearly Miranda's probably been looking for Carrie. Like maybe she just came from the bathroom and it's like, where the fuck is Carrie? And then like, oh my God, why is Carrie like running to the shore? And then, She's saying like, Carrie, Carrie. Carrie? Are you okay? No. I just ran into Big. He's back from Paris. He has a new girlfriend. She's 26. Where is he? I didn't see him. And then immediately like Carrie throws up and I thought that maybe watching it, that Miranda had seen everything go down, but she has no idea. And there was something, I don't know, we are the Miranda, so I, it's like, I feel like we should mention it. I just thought there was something like about their connection, Carrie and Miranda, that it 
this scene I think depicted this kind of like ride or die relationship that that I think they have like really deep down. Absolutely. Which is like, yeah. Miranda's a a good friend, a solid friend. She and is. we've seen that before in other episodes, right? Where yeah, Carrie reaches out to her. Yeah, it's just oh my gosh, that like just also to like oh my, I'm like getting emotional now, but like just to have like a friend be able to like run after you and like be there and like you know they had just kind of started off the episode talking about how oh like you know 20 something versus 30 something girls like when you're 20 something and you drink too much and you vomit like the difference is 20 something girls like hold your hair back and here's this really emotional moment where she's vomiting and like Miranda's there for her and I think that that was just such a nice way to kind of like wrap up the episode and and also to connect the 20 something 30 something that you know that they're all you know I think the big thing is the power of female friendships that you can have in your 20s and 30s that have a huge impact and I think the episode ends with um and then I realized 20 something girls are just fabulous until you see one with the man who broke your heart and so I do like how the episode ended it was well written um, you know, she does say there's nothing wrong with 20 year olds until you kind of see them with the thing that you want or have or wanted. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of any other, the Miranda in this episode, you know, as obviously we are the Miranda's has that amazing line that we start out with. <laughs> Excellent. Whatever. She has just, she's hilarious. She's like the mom in this episode and in a great way. And um, it's like when she's cooking and like, you know, doing the corn and is excited mm-hmm. and Charlotte's like a giddy kid. who's like going to go help mom in the kitchen. All right. Somebody puked on the deck. Oh, Sorry. Stacy and Holly did too many jello shots. What are you, 25 now? Good morning. No, 27. Yeah. She, like, has her coffee in the morning to, like, walk out, like, have a nice start to her day, and she just, like, stops dead in her tracks. <laughs> and she's like, what are you, 25 now? And Charlotte's like, 27. <laughs> and whatever. yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite Miranda lines. We gotta like put that clip on the Instagram. <laughs> I was just about to say I want to try and make a GIF or like a meme or something of it because it's really really good. But um, uh, I did. This is a random note, but I did like that. Um, in Samantha's kind of brief plot line, like her younger assistant, like takes all her PR contacts, which I think could be kind of illegal now because it's intellectual property, but, and like throws this party and it's like a cowboy, like hoedown party and they have beef jerky carpaccio, (laughs) which I thought was really funny, (laughs) but also if you like (laughs) pause that hoedown scene it was so poorly stylized and like put together. It like was. there are extras wearing khakis and like maybe that's, <laughs> or maybe that's just like the Hamptons. Like there's people who just like don't know how to like do a theme, but I thought it was inappropriate to see like a 30 year old man wearing khakis and a button down shirt to a hoedown. Right. Like that, there's something was a little bit off about that. Yeah. But. I mean, I've seen those parties like in Vogue and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those are not, not trendy, trendy people. So great. The um, spinning hats. But all the characters <laughs> I thought were good. The assistant was great. And then the assistant's oh, yeah. friend. You're um, totally coked out right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was, sorry, um, before we wrap up, what was the weird, okay, so there's this, like, person who is, um, I'm not thinking of the assistant, but I'm thinking of the girl who is younger, who's obsessed with Carrie's column. She's yeah. like a mega fan, but she's saving herself for marriage. Yeah. Why, and Carrie's like, and why do you like my column? Why does she like her column? Like, I don't really get that. Maybe it's like a voyeur kind of thing, like kind of getting off on watching somebody else do something and but not fully wanting to participate. It's, it's like, I think it has to do with like, being intrigued by someone's behavior and letting them live something while you don't have to. I don't know, living vicariously yeah. through her. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, anyway, um, any more fashion that we want to point out? Ooh. <laughs> I, I would have been embarrassed if 
I was Carrie. And this comes up in one of the later episodes when I think she it's in season three when she's running into Natasha and she wants to look really good, right? And she spends money oh on the new dress, God. the new shoes. And she's like, know. first she saw me in a bra and underwear, then she saw me in like a tube top and a cowboy hat. Like, you know, and so I think I I felt I love how they made Carrie look so absurd with that outfit yeah. to meet, you know, simple, like yeah. minimalist Natasha. So that was yeah. a good style part. I didn't like the outfit, but, but I liked her body yeah. looked oh, great. I know. I know the tan, like teeny abs. It was abs. insane. Oh she was shred in the abs. So you know, Big's going home and thinking about Carrie, right? Yes. Exactly, hundred percent. She 100%. looks amazing, and so that I think physically she looked great. The whole outfit thing, I thought, I they made her look childlike, and. Um, well, they did make her look childlike, but it's also kind of funny because, like, Natasha's in this all-white, like, Hamptons outfit. But it's funny. I don't know. It's it's interesting because, like, how they made Natasha not dress up for the thing. Yeah. Because it kind of showed that she's more vanilla. It kind of showed that mm-hmm. she's, like, less adventurous and not as, like, bold. Yeah. You and, know? And, and like we, you said earlier, all in white, like an angel. And I think, yeah. like, even yeah. in future episodes... I feel like she's always in some beautiful white dress. Yes. Like, or something that's very like, yeah, something very like youthful, angelic, kind of like innocent, perfect. Yeah. And it, but, and, but then it's like, yeah, it's, it's like Carrie does kind of look goofy with this cowboy hat and the weird tube top, but then you, and the big ass skirt. Yeah, and the big ass skirt, and you know. Meanwhile, Natasha like can't even be bothered. I mean, at the same time, it's kind of humiliating because it's like, oh yeah, Natasha's not gonna. Of course, I'm not gonna dress up for this like thing, you know. So it is kind of like humiliating. But then on the other side, it's like, well, maybe she's just like boring and like not, yeah, you know, not as whimsical or whatever. She doesn't want to see up. <laughs> she's not a dude, um, okay. she so pretty though right oh, and, oh my gosh and oh, yeah, I can't sure. wait to see yeah. how they wrote her into the new script like why any predictions Monet for yeah. the reboot I my mind doesn't want to go I did see <laughs> that but my mind doesn't want to go there it's like yeah. what no yeah. no 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 but I know but separate from that I do want to see Bridget Moynihan come out on top because yes 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 she's dealt with her own that, like big oh, situation God. in Could real you life imagine? Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i'm rooting for her separately yeah yeah um yeah i just don't know how they'll do that i know yeah but this is gonna um, be likable i don't know we'll see yeah um what are we rating this episode we got to start with our guest of honor Monet. Yes. how many manolo blonics are you giving this episode i had a religious experience at manolo blonic out of five gosh i mean this is can i say five like i think this is yes. a I'm, great I'm, episode i'm giving it a five this is my first i'm giving five. it a five as well whoa this, this is our first <laughs> Five. This is insane. The perfect five. The five, five, five. Yeah, this is a five. My first five episodes. Why did you give it a five, Monet? I I love the summer vibes. I love yes. the Hamptons. <laughs> I love. We always the... give episodes with good weather. We're like, it's a five. It's a five. Yeah, I'm it's gonna be a five. So into a mood. Like I'm. I think that way. Like the other day it was yeah. raining and it's just so yeah. gross out. I put on Match Point. I'm like, I feel like I need like a London mood. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So totally. I love summer <laughs> sex in the city. Um, yeah. I like, like search for those yeah. um, episodes. Um, and I think the one before this, like shortcomings, that was a great summer. Yeah. I talked about that too. Yeah. I was like, I like the sunshine and like the <laughs> yeah. summer clothing. Walking around the city, the brownstones. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah. For, I gave it a five personally because I think with the writing like they they manipulated the audience very well. They had all these distractions. They had, you know, Samantha's old assistant with the party. They had all these things going on. Charlotte getting crabs. And they freaking blindsided us with that. And yeah. I think that was how Carrie felt. And so we felt the same way. And I think that was really smart writing, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I even gave this a five without a strong Miranda plot line because it was that good. Um, and Miranda, they gave her some really great one-liners. So to me, like, <laughs> and really her, her fashion was actually on point in this 
yeah. episode two, I think. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was, thank you so much for coming on our first oh five gosh. episode. We have thank our you. season two finale is our next episode. And I cannot believe it's the end of season two. Wow. <sighs> that is a great episode. So oh, we'll wait. be listening to that. It's such a good episode. All right. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, can I just say I am big, the biggest fan because... You guys make me laugh so hard. <laughs> like, I'll be in the park on my walk listening to your podcast. And, like, I don't know. You'll say something like, orca penis. And, like, I will just spit my coffee, like, doubled over. Like We were cracking up, too, about that. We still think about it. Little Shamu or the killer whale on his back getting a hand job from an intern. Just... <laughs> You guys are so good and so funny. And oh. thank you for letting me come on. Thank Thanks, you, Monet. Monet. Thanks, Monet. Well, we'll see you all next week or in two weeks, everybody, with the next devastating episode where is it Carrie and Big go to lunch? Oh, together? yeah. I think, yeah. isn't it? Is it called X in the City? X yep. in the City. And it's rough. Can, can X's be friends oh it's a great episode and we've got a lot of i got a lot of stuff to chat about about that um yeah so all right all right bye all right good night guys thank you bye